The year is 1993, and the silver screen debut of Super Mario is released in theaters. Some say it's a dreadful adaptation of the popular video games, but does it truly deserve that reputation? I'm Luana Saita. And I'm Travis Kirkland. And this is Defend Your Trash Movie. Welcome back to another fun, fine edition of Defend Your Trash Movie, the podcast where we examine bad movies and misrepresented films to see if they're actually good. And Luana, Mm -hmm. you know, we kicked off last episode, which was the season premiere, uh, with Batman Forever. And yeah, per a new tradition of doing a Batman movie at the start of every season. But uh, DC ain't out of our brain just yet, Luana. How could there be? How could they be? There, there's so much brewing over at the DC factory. Yeah, and I mean, I'm going to assume that listeners probably are all more than aware. But yes, James Gunn, uh, who's now co-head of DC Films, has made an announce. Uh, you know, uh, how many weeks ago? How many months ago? Made an announcement that uh, DC now has a full slate of movies and television shows with a new vision going forward some things announced some things not announced uh but no casting announcements have been uh said just yet you know we don't quite exactly know uh what actors are staying on to their roles uh what new actors might be coming into certain roles so given that dc is uh kind of going through this big transformation i think that us as the best podcasters ever should you know, do our dil- diligence and help out James Gunn and and Warner Brothers and DC because you know, given the given the history of DC movies, it, it it's been quite tumultuous. So they need our help, Luana. Yeah, and I think James Gunn will be very uh, grateful to us for doing the hard work of well setting up some very very important building blocks for uh, the studio's future. And we will do that in our favorite segments, Fan Cast the Four. And that is where we do some fan casting on four key roles of a particular franchise. We will bring our movie expertise to help out the, oh, those poor old studios. Oh, the poor movie studios, the <laughs> ones who have it worse in the world. Can't figure out who's going to be the, the figureheads of their franchises, but we are here to help them out and we're gonna help out mr gunn uh decide some very prominent roles in the dc film future uh in fact we will be doing uh four characters that who will probably be you know uh, not you know not only have they been huge characters in dc past but definitely going forward will be big for dc's future so for this particular episode we will be fan casting Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and The Flash. Well, 
I certainly have some ideas. Do you, Travis? I certainly have some ideas, too. But uh, how about you, Luana? Why don't you kick it off? Because you have to cast two of these. So uh, why don't you start us off and tell us about one of your casting choices for the DC film future? Well, I dug deep into the mythological and historical origins of the Amazons. And the Amazons were, of course, we think a great mythology, but, you know, like Atlantis, it was kind of shady where the Amazons were actually, or, or on what real um, sort of uh, ethnic group they were based. Uh, and there's, you know, there's some writings that would equate them with the Parthians or the Scythians, and uh, that would that would place them a bit closer to what would be the Middle East or um, Persia uh, with uh, what, what we would call it nowadays. So I considered that I recently saw a really cool actress from uh, Iran called Goshifta Farahani, whose you, um, you've probably seen her here and there in um, movies uh, such as... Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, the one with, um, oh, the one with uh, No Country for Old Men guy as the Javier Bardem as the villain. She was a sea witch in that. Oh, of course, our favorite, uh, <laughs> favorite installment. Of Dead Men Tell No Tales, I forgot. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, so who could forget that movie? Uh, she was the female lead in Chris Hemsworth's Extraction on Netflix, in which she was a really cool action lady. Uh, okay, okay. And, uh, well, you know, uh, She's she's uh, coming back for Extraction too, which I'm pretty psyched about. I thought the yeah. uh, for, I don't know if you've seen it, but I thought yeah, I, I like the I like the first one, but I guess there's more to extract. Yeah, <laughs> we got to extract harder. And uh, yeah, so she's uh, she's Iranian. She uh, I don't want to say that she ran away from the country, but uh, she definitely got some. Uh, um, she did some nude posing, and she was told she would not be welcomed back. Uh, and uh, so I thought she was hella cool in Extraction, and we need more uh, Middle Eastern cool ladies on screen. So I think this would be a uh, dope uh, choice for Wonder Woman. Okay, and what what's her name again? I'm sorry. I, I know who you're talking about, but what's her name again? Golshifte Farahani. Okay, yeah, I uh, like... Uh... I don't remember much from Dead Men, from that Pirates movie. I can barely remember the title. Uh, but <laughs> I, I had did... to look that one up, too. Yeah. But she was an extraction. <laughs> but I did like her in extraction. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm down. I, I, I am down for that choice. I like that. I like that. Well, let's uh, give me one of your choices. Okay, so I am going to talk about Barry Allen, the Flash, here for a moment. And let me tell you something. Uh, there is, I think, a certain archetype that is in our current superhero media that I think I would like to retire. And that is the role that I like to call a not Robin. Now, we talked about Robin, obviously, when we talked about Batman Forever and how they tried to, you know, not make Robin, you know, this cheesy boy sidekick to Batman and Batman Forever. And... You know, it's it's funny because since the Schumacher movies, there really has not been a prominent Robin in the live action movies. Like, 
You kind of have the surprise reveal of Joseph Gordon-Levitt in The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, Robin is obviously prominent in a lot of the animated stuff, but, but live-action True Blue Robin has not really been a thing. But I do think a lot of superhero movies essentially... I think they have a Robin, but they don't call it Robin in the sense that like, here's a, here's like a superhero character who's young. He's kind of awkward. He kind of makes jokes. The kind of appeal of him is that he's an every, every Joe Schmo who, who is just excited to be there. Um, so I'm picking out like, say, you know, Tom Holland as Spider-Man in the MCU or Ezra Miller as uh, current flash and the current dc films and so and i'm not saying that's a bad way to go with a character uh you know i think colin is great in the mcu and uh miller is is whatever that's all i'll say about miller uh, <laughs> um <laughs> um but i i think i do think the flash can be a funny character but i don't want him to be an awkward funny character my ideal version of Flash is still young, but let's not make him like a teen, early 20s. I'm thinking more mid-20s going into the, into his 30s. And if I think of him as a funny character, I'm thinking of taking sort of his uh, speed force powers, but sort of uh, using that in his personality. So when he makes a joke, it's not an awkward joke. I envision Barry to have just a very good wit about him. Not that he's always cracking one-liners constantly to every single, you know, serious superhero, but he's kind of almost like a perfect uh, guest you would have for a dinner party. He's the guy who kind of doesn't say anything for a couple minutes, but then he hits you with, like, the best zinger, the best thing that's going to uh, liven the mood or puncture the pomposity um, so that... So the fact that, like, Barry probably ha has to see ahead of him a lot when using his speed force, he can do the same in kind of observing social interactions. He has that kind of really good, sharp emotional intelligence. Um, so, yeah, that is kind of the persona I want for Barry Allen. And so I thought of an actor who's a young man and is, I think, a current hot actor of Hollywood right now. And what I like about him is that this guy, he's young, he's talented, he's uh, good looking. He's got classically good looks for Hollywood. But I enjoy that the roles he tends to take uh, aren't the easy roles. He tends to do movies that in some way or another require a turnaround uh, on his good looks. That he isn't just a pretty boy, but there's something about this pretty boy. Or he does movies where the, the pretty boy look is not even is non-existent he, he he's doing some type of makeup or prosthetics or whatever um talented guy and then recently i saw a movie of his that really solidified uh his comedic skills for me i'm like okay not that i ever thought he wasn't funny but here i see him handling comedy in a really good way so this just kind of rounds it out for me this really crystallizes that this guy I want for my barry out and so my choice for Barry Allen, The Flash, is uh -huh. Nicholas Holt. 
Oh, that's great. That's a yeah. He is uh, he is a very funny guy. He he's a, a really yeah. He, yeah. I mean, he's a real talented guy. Has some superhero experience as Hank McCoy, the Beast in the X Men movies. Uh, and then I, I recently forgotten he was in that. Yeah, that's how forgettable those those particular X Men movies are. <laughs> um, and uh, I recently saw the menu, in which he's really funny mm-hmm, and has this mm-hmm. really putsy idiot and. Uh, I'm like, okay, this guy can be handsome and funny, but funny in the right type of way that I want. I think you take that kind of persona and make him not a jerk, and you got Barry. And so, uh, yeah, I uh, I want for Barry Allen the Flash, Nicholas Holt. That's fucking dope. Thank you. And, uh, well, you know, I think we're about to get into uh, the two, you know, most iconic figures of the dc universe and so uh luana go ahead why don't you light the signal and uh tell us about the other character you had to cast well uh lighting the signal indeed um i had took it upon myself to cast the bat and um i uh had to think about what uh what really defines him he's of course very driven he's very authoritative um he's um very physically imposing um and but i what i kind of also want is for a batman to be kind of funny uh not like an overtly comedic take uh, but also a, a person who will, um, who who has the chops to crack you up, who has who's, vers- who's versatile enough, uh, kind of kind of like um, a person who's sort of deadpan, um, curtness can be worked into um, funny retorts, uh, and I found a guy who is uh, found a guy who is uh, a very um all those things authoritative physically uh well kept uh, he's he's large and impressive and he's he's quite funny i am talking about sterling k brown whoa wow that is that is good sterling k brown as right? Batman, wow! That I, you know what? Never mm. would have thought of him, but I love that. Thank you, because <laughs> you see, like, you know what I mean? He's not an overtly comedic actor, mm-hmm. but right. he can definitely do. Like Sterling K. Brown can grit his teeth and make you be scared of the intensity to follow, or he could. You can totally see him grit his teeth and say something truly inane. <laughs> but yeah you know uh, and like but he's very but he's very emotionally intense about it in a funny way you know and Mm -hmm. and i think he can i think he's a strong enough actor that he can 100 percent go both ways on those things because obviously batman is the type of dude that um (laughs) is emotionally intense about things um but um and and i and i do feel that um uh, a Often with Batman takes, they can't, they, they have difficulties on doing both of those. Either they go overtly comedic, you know, Lego Batman, Adam West, 
or they go for very psychologically dark, you know, Pattinson, Bale. Um, and uh, it, it doesn't often happen that uh, we, have, we have a guy that can do both. And, uh, and I feel that Sterling K. Brown would be a very fun one in the particular DCU that um, Gunn is imagining because the, the new Batman take is going to center around Damian Wayne. And I think Sterling K. Brown would, uh, would uh, be a great bat dad. Ah, yes. Uh, I would love to have uh, Brown as a bat daddy. I think he would be a really good bat daddy. <laughs> I, I, I guess he would be a bat daddy even without Damien. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what? You can't have your bat daddy without a super daddy. <laughs> who, did you, um, who, did, who did you get adopted by? Okay, look. I'm going to say this. I think sometimes people, when they try to think of Superman... I think they think too hard on it. I don't think he's that complicated of a character. I do think there is some finesse you have to do when portraying him, whether it's the actor or the writer or the director handling that character. But I don't think he's as near impossible as I think a lot of people are scared to just not touch that character. And so I want to list off two honorable men honorable mentions before I get to my true choice. Okay. Okay, so one. Cavill, Henry Cavill, I think was just kind of done dirty with the DC films that he was in. Mm -hmm. He's obviously a good actor, a capable actor, but not given good enough movies to really be Superman in. Uh, that, um, I will say something that's kind of controversial. So hold on, everybody. Don't tweet at me. Don't at me. Uh, but the theatrical cut of Justice League that was mostly directed by Joss Whedon is not good. And there are a lot of jokes in that movie that are very clumsily added in. And most of those are not good. That said, <laughs> the scenes where Cavill is showing off that lighter side of Superman, I think he's actually doing those scenes really well, even if the material right, is right, not right. very uh -huh. good. Like, I think the best example is that mid credit scene where he's uh, uh, teasing the Flash uh, when they're about to race. I think he actually captures that more lighthearted Superman. Yeah, that Silver Age type of stuff. With yeah, and, and it's uh, too bad that, uh, that he couldn't explore it more. And I guess, you know, uh, going forward, I guess Cavill it will not be portraying Superman more, which is too bad, but uh, he, I'm sure he has better things to do. Uh, I'll also say that if this movie were to be made in the 90s, I could perfectly see Brendan Fraser as oh, Superman. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. I think that, I think he... I think via The Mummy and Airheads and Georgia the Jungle and Encino Man, you see a guy who can pull off the action hero stuff. He op He's an actor of kind of that broad presence, but things like Encino Man and Blast from the Past show that he can pull off that naivete really well without uh, seeming too cheesy. Um, that said, um, you know, now he's, you know, come out saying that uh, you know, doing a lot of those stunts in the 90s, uh, you know, really 
hurt him physically and mentally and he had to go through some dark times and you know luckily and now he's an academy award winner and he seems to be in a much better place now so as much as i think he would be great as superman i would not want to put him in that place you know (laughs) gosh (laughs) anyway i my actor he's he's a guy you've seen around maybe not the first guy you would think of but he's a guy who's been around the block many times and you know what? I think mm-hmm. the man would just look good in a Superman costume. I can just imagine him in that uh, blue and red, and he just looks good. Okay. Uh, and that's why my pick for Superman is mm-hmm. Daniel Day Kim. Oh, dope! Nice. Yeah, he he got he got that same he got that same thing going on as Sterling K. Brown. We're like he's authoritative, but he's also kind of funny. Yeah, I think he's the. I mean, uh, I think he's the good type of actor who I think you need for Superman. Someone who I think can turn on the authority, but you can easily see him turn face and easily be really relatable. Um, people obviously probably know him best from TV, from Lost, and currently of Hawaii Five O. Uh, you know, has done a bunch of movies, but maybe has never really done a breakthrough role yet movie wise. But uh, yeah, I just think Daniel day Kim would be terrific. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Johnny get from the Saints Rose. <laughs> 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 uh, oh my goodness. I uh, look at that. Look at that Trinity plus hope that Trinity plus one. That's a great lineup for the future of DC. Yeah. You got uh, only Nicholas Holt. as <laughs> the only white guy. Yeah, and he's a good white guy, okay? He, he's one of the good ones. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, look, Gun, we did it for you. We, we gave you the most perfect choices for these characters, and it's, only, it's up to you to, one, cast them, and two, give us those paychecks because <laughs> we gave you the idea. Come on, I mean, look. We gave Kevin Feige and Marvel and Disney the perfect Fantastic Four out the last time we did this. They've yet to announce the cast, and we're waiting on those paychecks. Gun, you could be first. You could strike first and get and you know get from this wonderful uh, podcast brains that we have, <laughs> and you know really uh, enrich your franchise with the best actors possible. Uh, you just need to cut us really uh, high paychecks. Yeah, I, I think even if you don't like it, you, you need to cut his high paychecks. I think that's that's at least for the consultant much. work. I mean, uh-huh. we d- we've done so much that's for the you. American way. Yeah, so <laughs> come on, gun, come on, we're just waiting. Uh, but you know what, Luana? You mm-hmm. know, I will admit, I will give some credit to Mister Gun. Adaptation is difficult. It's not easy to go from one media medium to another medium, and. Uh, well, today's movie, I think, is a prime example of that. <laughs> so let's go ahead and just get right into Super Mario Brothers. Where are we? I got a feeling we're not in Brooklyn no more. They're plumbers. Oh no! Mario! Luigi! They're on the trail of a kidnapped princess. And 
and a mystical meteorite. It's incredible! That gives anyone who possesses it <laughs> the power to rule the universe. Get me the rock! Come get it, lizard breath! Now, they must rescue the princess. It safely back later, alligator to our world. Are you alright? Before time runs out. Mario Brothers, directed by Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jankel, was released on May 28, 1993. It stars Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, Samantha Mathis, Dennis Hopper, and many others. It is the first live-action feature-length adaptation of a video game. So not just like a Nintendo video game. This is the first ever live-action movie game. of any video game. This one, much like how Super Mario Brothers... Well, it wasn't the first video game, but it was definitely... A video game that puts you know video games back on the map but this was uh this was a uh uh, uh, uh the first to mark the frontier <laughs> look um obviously we are doing this particular movie and episode because coming very 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 soon is the super mario brothers movie the animated cgi movie coming from nintendo and illumination entertainment and uh listen i'll say that you know to, to briefly talk about the movie that's coming up soon i am just i am very curious about it i'm that's and that's i'll say i i'm curious about this movie mm -hmm. because you know one it's coming from illumination entertainment you know best known for minions secret life of pets sing and you know they have a reputation of being what the kids say mid. You know, they they put out right, movies right. that fine. don't that they're fine. They don't they don't hit the highs of maybe Pixar or DreamWorks, but mm -hmm. you know they're they're middle of the road, fine enough crowd pleasers. Right, right, right. Yeah. So there's that, and then you have Nintendo. And Nintendo, I don't know if you are aware of this, Luana. Nintendo and these days has a very strong grip on how their characters and their licenses are portrayed especially when uh third parties are using them right, um, right, they right. have to go through a strict approval process nintendo has said no to various things because they don't believe that that's the right way for their brand to be represented and so i'm sure that you know this is going to be a big bright animated movie with the characters i'm sure nintendo has that hand of quality firmly grasp with uh illumination um but it's interesting to see will that will that quality control that nintendo is known for notorious uh quality control will that make will that force illumination to step up their game or will it kind of squeeze the joy out of it and we'll end up with a more you know mid-tier blander movie you know it's 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 very interesting 
to see. I mean, uh, I, and I honestly think, you know, there's a whole thing with Chris Pratt as Mario and everything. <laughs> but honestly, I think those two things are more on my mind when it comes to if this movie will actually be good. And uh, look, Super Mario Brothers, the original on the Nintendo Entertainment System, was the very first video game I ever played, I ever owned, on the very first console I ever owned, the, the <laughs> NES. So Mario has been with me since I was a child. So I have, you know, an interest in this movie coming up. And, you know, those are just my, I don't think they're even concerns, really. But those are just my thoughts going into this movie. Uh, what about you? Do you have any particular thoughts about the upcoming Mario movie? Yeah, I, I, I do kind of feel that it'll probably be fine. Like, um, I remember that um, it, it, was, it was kind of an offhand uh, remark that a uh, web cartoonist that I follow um, wrote down uh, when uh, Black Widow came out. And he said, you know, I was uh, reading his thoughts on the movie, and one of there was one sentence where, like, that's always sort of stayed with me uh, when talking about movies that are, you know, under scrutiny of the IP holder's um, eye. And that sentence was, I wish these were worse. <laughs> and, like, I get what he was saying in the sense that you know, these are movies that are made to hit a, um, you know, to to fulfill the shareholders' um, promises in like, oh, we need we need content for Q4, and <laughs> and um, uh, you know, which is not a great way to 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 make any kind of art, but um, it would be easy to simply be like, oh, you know, these these you know boardroom committee driven movies they all just fucking suck and we're not gonna you know, we're not gonna spend time on them but most of them are basically fine <laughs> they're not you know um if if marvel had pumped out uh, you know 30 uh, 30 super mario brothers levels movies i don't think we'd be talking about phase four or phase five or whatever the fuck they're on right now so they're mostly fine and i think that um I I'm curious about it. Um, I think Jack Black and Seth Rogen as Bowser and uh, Donkey Kong have the uh, potential to be quite funny. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Chris Pratt would have what a boring fucking <laughs> choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and but yeah, I, I'm sure that it'll be it'll be a nice it'll if if it's like Trolls or Trolls World Tour, I'll be I'll be happy. <laughs> That's the, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's really yeah fun. exactly. I you know I. Look, I consume so much stuff that is directly for children and whatnot <laughs> just because it is, you know, it just, that's just what interests me and my brain for babies. And mm -hmm. so I consume media for babies. But I also have to put that adult's lens on of like, look, if this is fine, I'll be happy. If I go <laughs> to the theater or however I watch it and I feel like I didn't waste my time, then good. You know, I only got so much time left on this world in this hellish world <laughs> if these two hours were fine then i'm fine you know <laughs> just crossing your arms don't fuck it up pratt 
<laughs> exactly. Uh, but look, I'm sure that movie, you know, that movie has not come out. So who knows what's going to happen? And well, until then, we have to talk about the Mario movie <laughs> that we already have. Uh, God damn, where to start with this thing? Really one of the most infamous quote-unquote bad movies of all time really it, it really is kind of a throwback and not only in the sense that it is the very first because i was thinking about that while watching it and i was like hey this predates mortal Kombat. hey this predates yeah. street fighter yeah this is the first and then yeah it is the first live action video game or at least in america you know that um, mm-hmm. maybe maybe there were like Japanese video game movies, not sure about that. True, but, true. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, but yeah, here, like uh, stateside and uh, like in the in the Anglo sphere, that was the first video game movie. And uh, not only is it a throwback in that sense, but also it's a throwback in the sense like the ways in which it is perceived to be bad. Like, um, if you have stuff, isn't bad in that particular way anymore. I feel. Um, mm. you have a, there, there is kind of a, a song and dance that IP movies kind of do now, like, oh, paying homage to the source material. got to please the fans. They're always mm-hmm. number one in our considerations. And, yeah. you know, we want to see the story, uh, uh, lines for future movies and such and such. Uh-huh. Uh, and here it's just like, um, Okay, here we got some elements. We got we got this material. How can we fit it into a '90s comedy like that? That is the yeah. a, a, a '90s comedy palatable to audiences um, that would uh, that has enough like elements that you know the the players the, or the people that know the thing recognize the thing. There's no there's no like sort of reification of the source material like oh that's mm-hmm. fun but it's all a bit of a joke and we mm-hmm. what we're here to do is make a make a movie and some sometimes that sort of is put in a trying to force a square uh block in a, in a round uh, peg yeah but yeah and i feel that what they because you know what are the mario games they're 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 mm-hmm. platformers that you you go mm-hmm. from left to right and you have to right. end you have to get to the end of the stage there's a there's a princess that's in a castle and you just have to dodge things and there's no plot there's no character there's archetypes i guess like weird mm-hmm. enough archetypes i suppose mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a italian plumber and his brother fighting a dragon in a mushroom kingdom <laughs> okay sure um but you know that like you said you know, media for babies and mario or at least classic mario i, I haven't played a mario game in years but you know it's it, it is very much like toddler aesthetic you know mm-hmm. like it feels very um it, there's nothing inappropriate in in a mario game for even very small children um it it's 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 all basically paw, paw patrol level stuff you know <laughs> uh <laughs> uh and but but the problem is that a lot of that stuff is very stylized you know, you could you could you could get a guy to dress up as Mario or Luigi, but like then you have okay, you got Bowser already, and you got mm-hmm. his henchmen, and they're all kind of creatures of varying humanoid, you know, uh, tendencies. 
Uh, yeah. How are you going to put a Koopa Troopa on screen? They're 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 turtle guys, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how are you going to put a Goomba? Well, we, we saw how they put a. Goomba. <laughs> we did. We certainly <laughs> saw what a goom what a live action Goomba looks like. <laughs> and uh, uh, uh-huh. yeah, or like their friend Toad is a is a is a little mushroom guy. You know, That's, how how the fuck are you going to put that on screen? That is either going to require some serious like dark crystal level puppetry or mm-hmm. you know cgi that would not be a thing until let's say after the lord of the rings maybe you know 10 years later certainly uh, not uh not i mean <laughs> yeah 1993 ironically you know what you know what movie came out two weeks before super mario brothers uh jurassic park i'm sure yep yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean the i mean the movie as is probably would have been of failure whenever they released it but uh ooh Jurassic Park distinctly sent that sent that movie to the bowels of Dino Hatton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh like <laughs> I mean, if there was no I don't is there any greater cinematic <laughs> instance of having your lunch eaten <laughs> in front of you? <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would a... say though that I uh-huh. think that Will Raptor Yoshi is pretty cool looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a pretty cool puppet. Um, yeah, I like I, I like I, the 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 animatronics. I'll say this as a good thing, as a as a genuine compliment. A lot of the effects, especially the practical stuff, is really good in this <laughs> movie from a technical from a with a technical and artistic standpoint. Um, to circle back to a couple things you had already brought up, or that we had already talked about, like. Talking about that Nintendo quality of control and how strict they are, I I don't know if I, like I don't think they've ever said this, but I I I could I can't help but think that the way this live action movie came out probably started Nintendo being like, okay, when we <laughs> send our characters out into the wild, we really need to, you know, get a microscope on these things. You know, we really need yeah. to make sure. And then it's funny because you were talking about, you know, how IP has to do this dance of like, you know, do new thing, but make sure that people know that we're going to do the expected things. And so going back to the CGI movie coming out, you watch the trailers for that. And it's like, okay, guys, look, it's the question block blocks. Mm-hmm. Look, guys, it's the, it's the flagpoles. Look, they're on Rainbow Road from Mario Kart. Okay, come on, everybody. We're having a good time. This is Mario. Don't worry about it, okay? Like, the fact that even that movie is titled The Super Mario Brothers Movie is almost a statement of, like, please disavow the live-action movie. <laughs> this is the Super Mario Brothers movie. All not, all others do not exist. Um, and this movie doesn't really even exist because it's, you. I don't think, it's. I think it's out of print. Like, you can't buy it. You can't stream it. It's, it's a, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a lost movie, and, uh, Thank good and uh, thank goodness or not, but there is uh, if you go on the internet, there's a website called called the Super Mario Brothers Movie Archive, and it's a group of super fans who have managed to preserve so much from this movie, not just uh, the movie itself, but they've managed to assemble deleted scenes, extended scenes, have assembled almost all the making of material and promo material. So go to that website, and you'll find like a treasure trove of this movie uh if it's something that interests you and uh 
damn, this movie. <laughs> Where do I fucking start with this fucking film? Uh, which I have to say, I don't, I don't a hundred percent hate it, but I get why people hate this. <laughs> um, it, it's a. Uh, it's it. You know what? It it's the it's kind of the, I I struggle with this movie the same way I struggle with Batman Forever. There are things in this I think are genuinely good, or things that at least are amusing. But there are big, huge things that are also obstacles for me. Um, <laughs> this movie. Uh, uh, I'll I'll say this. Look, mm-hmm. you, you know we talked about the whole Pratt thing and how that why would you do Pratt. Look, obviously it's been made that why would you get Bob Hoskins, a British actor, and John Leguizamo, a Latin actor, to play Mario and Luigi, uh, Italian pr- plumbers from Brooklyn? Like, it seems <laughs> it's like knowing those actors uh, and the age gap even between them, it seems really weird. And yet, I think they actually work in this movie. <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I I think what um they mostly they mostly drag it out of the hate corner for me to be honest mm-hmm. because I think they are so I oh God I think I, I may have actually said this out loud like maybe five minutes into the actual viewing of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. These guys are wildly overqualified. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, a, it's a, it's a, it's an incredibly overqualified cast for this movie. Yeah, yeah. You got uh, them and Samantha Mathis and Dennis Hopper and Fiona Shaw, the legendary uh, British actress. Yeah, late of Andor. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking grandma from Andor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, there's the Fisher Stevens and uh, Richard Edson yeah. are, are great too. Uh, yeah, I think I, all those, you know what, all of those actors you said, I think are giving genuinely good performances yeah. in this movie. I think whatever you may think, I think they're given a go of the material. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that, um, I think it's that, that, I mean, again, there's, there's genuinely good effects work in here. Like it's uh-huh. a, it's a fairly lush production to to be honest in yeah. terms of like uh, you know they may have had to scrimp and save but um it 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 looks wild and practical and yeah uh, you know there's there's a lot of puppet and makeup work going on uh but and that coupled with these actually pretty good performances um means that for me um. Uh, yeah, uh, I can't quite hate it. I understand why one would be like, "Why is this? Why is this? What is essentially a total recall for kids? Uh, <laughs> why is this being billed as a Mario movie?" I get it. <laughs> I get why yeah. you you would hate it with that in um, that in mind. But as a total recall for kids, uh, kind of kind of half <laughs> I it's. It's a movie I struggle with every time I watch it. Mm-hmm. And and I, and I don't think it's me being a Nintendo fanboy. I don't think it's that brain. It's just, it's a difficult movie to sit through, I think. Um, despite everything that's good in it. And I, and I will say good. Like, uh, going back to Hoskins, I'm like, you know, 
the way Hoskins plays it, like, yeah, he's really doubling down on the, uh, on that Bronx accent that, you know, it sounds almost like double Eddie Valiant from Who Framed Roger Rabbit in a way, but it's like, I don't know. He kind of is what I would imagine a live action Mario would be, be, you know? (laughs) He's got it. You know, obviously he's a great actor, so he can do, and he's portrayed, you know, He's, he's portrayed like all sorts of different dialects and whatnot mm-hmm. throughout his career. And it's like, despite the fact that he seemed to hate being in this movie, uh, he's like, no, that that's, that's, that's Mario. Actually. I'll give the movie that that is, that that's that, that characterization is in line with how I imagine the Mario character to be, even though, you know, he's, he's kind of a blank slate. If you think about it, as far as video game characters go. Yeah, he's just a jolly guy who says, uh, you know, wahoo, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, that shit. Um, yeah, he's, he's an aesthetic. Mario is literally just an aesthetic. You know, yeah, he's, he's nice, I guess. But, you yeah. know, so's Luigi, so's Toad, so's Daisy, so's Peach. <laughs> you know? There's, yeah, there's also something I appreciate now that we're living in a very, in, in a, I mean, I, I don't want to be so doomsaying about these things, but... You know, there's some tough conservative times and, uh, you know, where, you know, Total Recall is about dystopia and this movie, too, is about dystopia. And yet it does feel like, you know, though the the things that ha- that are dystopian in the movies feel very prescient. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, obviously, I think people have made the obvious comparison that Dennis Hopper's King Koopa is basically Donald Trump. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I think even the fact that, like, before Koopa, we're introduced to, in, in the real world, uh, Scapelli, the, mm-hmm. the, this, this magnet who, I guess, you know, is, is, you know, wants to build the, that huge building on top of the dino dig site. And he mm-hmm. has a, 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 a question mark rival plumbing business that beats <laughs> plumbing plumbers to jobs that's how plumbers work i guess in this universe uh but the fact that like that that there are basically two avatars of like scumbag new york guys it's like oh they knew they knew that these were the type of people we should not trust Mm -hmm. and you know it's just funny the fact that like you know, was this the movie to tell it? I don't know, but I think it's very funny that 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 we have this now with uh, Koopa <laughs> and Scapelli being these uh, caricatures of this ugly, ugly type of person in the real world. You know, I uh, m- even uh, even more so when um, when Spike and Iggy are given their like galaxy brains, <laughs> <laughs> they're evolved into their into being a uh, like the socialists or Marxists or whoever. Exactly. They start going like, uh, we have nothing to lose, but our chains. uh, (laughs) We're not oppressed the proletariat, uncle Koopa. (laughs) And it's like, they went from like dumb, useless guys to smart. (laughs) AKA a Marxist. And as a Marxist, I can, I can vibe with that. (laughs) We are all smart and useless. And then also, like when the Mario, when Mario and Luigi get to Dino Hat, and the fact that they're harassed by the police, and mm-hmm. there's that moment when Toad is arrested, and Mar because he's singing an anti Koopa song, and Mario's just like, "Hey, you can't arrest a guy just because just because he's singing," and it's kind of like, "Geez, this, 
this is how the police state is now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, again, it's all so wacky and caricature, but it's like, they're not wrong with a lot of the, the things they want to satirize in this movie, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I feel, I thought it was funny that, um, like, there's these uh, very, very uh, Trumpian, like, uh, Koopa election posters. Uh-huh. Well, Koopa. <laughs> and, sensitive <laughs> uh-huh. and um i thought it because like yeah obviously he is the evil usurper who's uh-huh. you know who, who deposed the mushroom uh king <laughs> lance Henriksen, and um and i guess turned it into the dystopia that we see uh, as uh, mario and luigi arrived there but like so he's president koopa right <laughs> and there's election posters all around uh-huh. right <laughs> And he has deposed a king, right? So like, um, like I'm, I'm not saying there's no bad presidents in the world. There's tons of bad presidents, but uh-huh. <laughs> what, 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 what was the, what was he, what is Koopa doing that the king was not doing? <laughs> like, there's, I mean, is did we vote for the mushroom king? Uh, what 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 you know <laughs> well well look luana you know he's a man of much ego so sure he can overthrow a monarchy but he has so much power that he as a as an ego trip he wants to have an election where he would be the only person mm-hmm. running. you know that's that's him he's a man of of those type of contradictions like like when he says that he loves mud so much. It's so dirty oh, yet clean. Yet clean. <laughs> of course. You got me there, Travis. Yeah, oh, my you... God. Yes. <laughs> that particular seeming contradiction in the world of Dino Hatton is actually a perfect um, perfect extension of yeah. Koopa's internal uh, paradoxes. Oh, boy, you got me there. You're, yeah. a, you're a regular Pauline Kale, Travis. Exactly. No political cold cartoon could ever match the satirization of koopa loving mud and thinking it's so dirty but clean, clean at the same time <laughs> you know that's it's, it's it's perfect it's when you when you when you think about it 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 makes you laugh but it also stimulates your mind <laughs> <laughs> uh you know look we could also probably do a whole podcast about the torturous making of this movie but to nutshell it uh it was a movie that a producer who m- managed to actually convince nintendo to give him the rights to make a mario movie there there were a lot of scripts in development and eventually they landed on uh morton and jenkel who best known for creating the tv show max headroom but Previously, before that, had directed the movie DOA, that thriller with Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. They had already had a movie under their belt. I think DOA was kind of a sizable enough hit, and you know they and Max Headroom was obviously popular too. So they had some, they had credits under their their belt. Right, right, right. And I think it was them when they came on board that they decided because I think. The originals, the many, there's a, apparently a lot of different scripts for this Super Mario Brothers movie that were developed. And I guess some of the original versions were more in line with the like, video games that did take place in Mushroom Kingdom and all the expected characters and things and whatnot. Uh-huh. But then I think when Morton and Jenkel came on was when the movie started to take a 
uh, take its current form and that and when the actors signed up, uh, they when they started shooting shooting, they learned that the script that they had uh, read when they signed up for the movie was not no longer in play and that the movie was always being rewritten on the day they were shooting and how mm-hmm. Dino Hatton was in was built in this concrete factory that was uh impressive on an art direction level but also super hot so oh, no. <laughs> uh, so they so these actors were in these very oppressive sets with not sure what dialogue or scene they were shooting uh most of the actors seemed miserable about it hoskins especially seemed <laughs> miserable and both he and like Uzamo later said that they pretty much constantly drank every day <laughs> to get through it and uh uh that uh they no one liked the two no one liked the two directors and then the two directors were shut out of the editing room so that the studio heads could edit the movie and that's how we got the movie we are and i must say because much has been said about why would you do a dystopian complicated dinosaurs evolve thing uh you know instead of the regular mushroom kingdom thing and I'm not here to be like, why did they not do this? Bleh, bleh, bleh. But I guess I have to ask why they do the dystopian thing at all. Because it feels like a lot of the problems that ended up happening with the movie comes from trying to bring this particular vision to life. Like, I'm sure that if they had done like a straight ahead, you know, Mushroom Kingdom, say Princess, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure bringing that to life would have posed the same challenges. And yet feels like they could have saved themselves a lot of trouble like having not to do this more weird complicated idea of like dinosaurs but they're the dinosaurs that went underground and yeah. go through the magic portal and this that 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 there are so many th- nice things we said about the movie but what i think honestly makes the movie not land is that when you watch the finished product it is so it it never stops like it is constantly moving maybe this is a, this is from the fact that you know the directors were locked out of the editing room but the movie moves so fast and, right, it, right. T- and it tells you so much information that you and so many weird concepts and ideas that you have no time to like slow down like okay wait 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 a minute we need to take <laughs> a, a breath to take all of this weird dino hatton stuff in right um so yeah, it, I guess it seems weird. That's the, and I'm not gonna gripe about the dystopian, but it seems like, man, if they had gone ahead and made something more straight ahead, more more based on the video game, they see they might have saved themselves a lot of trouble. I still <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. know if that movie would have been good or not, but yeah, there you go. I mean, I mean, well, do, would, do you think you would have been happier with a more straightforward adaptation in live action at at the, at that moment of the 1990s? Mm-hmm. No, I, I think yeah. I was early. I think I was young enough that, uh, and it, it it as you say, it does kind of move constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mario and Luigi look enough like Mario and Luigi uh, that I would have not particularly been bothered by it because i saw it as a real little kid you know and that was mm-hmm. definitely before my critical faculties jumped in 
and mm-hmm. or kicked in and um yeah no i don't maybe maybe uh who knows uh <laughs> but i was old enough to you know um it, it felt like a it felt like a turtles movie mm-hmm. you know like a like it, i could place it um and yeah i, I maybe i would have uh but I, I wasn't. I was never really mad at it as a, as a little kid. Like, yeah. I was like when I grew up, I kind of saw why it was. Uh, I I saw why it was derided, and I saw what that it was full of weird choices. But yeah. I never really um, purposely put it on with any expectations of it being meeting certain. Um, story plot points or certain mm-hmm. looks or whatever uh i was never really that invested i only ever really played one mario game by the way super mario brothers 3 on the nes mm-hmm. great great game but uh, yeah <laughs> um i wasn't wasn't super emotionally invested so maybe but <laughs> i was i was never mad at the movie we got yeah i was never i saw this when i was young and i was never like disappointed or mad or i hated it i just think i always consider like well that was weird that was it that was an odd movie you know <laughs> and didn't think else much of it um yeah it's uh um trying to think what else you know i really like uh alan silvestri uh the legendary music composer mm-hmm. and so wonderful, you know, Back to the Future, Roger Rabbit, Avengers and whatnot. Uh, this feels like a weird misstep. This isn't one of my favorite Sylvester scores. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 like, it feels too wacky. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if Sylvester has ever talked about the Super Mario Brothers score, but it almost feels too wacky for how weird and gross the movie is. But <laughs> yeah, right. in a in a way that feels like it's a this is a last minute decision that like the studios know they have a weird, gross movie, so they need the music to be fun and wacky to be like, no, right, no, right. no, this isn't strange. Now nah, we're having a good time. <laughs> yeah, you know, th- like there's that one thing that especially comes up, like goes into do 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 do. And, it, and it's just like and i guess that's the mario theme but uh-huh. it's like it, it just feels like you know it belongs in a macaulay culkin kids movie right, right, right. more than than this weird take on mario um yeah again i love sylvester but this is a this is a this is not one of my favorites not one of my favorites uh no i guess not but it did make me smile whenever it, it that main theme started playing because um exactly because exactly because of the reason you just stated like it is a weird and gross movie and here's a here's a fucking home alone score and that's no no the i i also don't hate this like it's obviously not back to the future or predator or you know but yeah i don't hate it i don't hate it uh yeah i'm trying to think there there's so much to unpack and i know we're kind of getting near the end ish so i want to make sure and um, again i'm sure we could just talk about every single fucking strange thing this movie has oh <laughs> um, yeah I, you know we were talking way back when we talked about wild wild west we talked uh, we deconstructed the opening and how i think the uh, now we talked about how like the opening of wild wild west already can is 
confusing and discomforting to the audience and really sets them off on the wrong foot. And that's the same here, unfortunately. Um, now, this wasn't the original opening of the movie, um, uh, but the but the opening that we now have is, you know, it's it's strange because it opens on this like pixelated video game thing right, right. that explains dinosaurs and how they became extinct. But and it's uh, the the guy doing the voice is Dan Castellaneta <laughs> from The Simpsons, and he's has this like you know doing this weird voice like a long long time ago. I guess he's doing a another Bronx voice. But a long long time ago, the dinosaurs ruled the earth, and then meteor came and goodbye dinosaurs. And so it it kind of puts audiences in where it's like, wait a minute, this is a pixelated cart anime thing. So is the Mario movie like a cartoon now, or what is it? And mm-hmm. then. Suddenly we're in live action when the meteor hits and then there's this CGI nonsense with the portal and Castellaneta's yelling is like, yeah, all, most of the dinosaurs went extinct, but then what if, you know, some of the dinosaurs went underground and there was a magic portal and they evolved into humans like you and me and how would that be? And I, <laughs> I think that's just such an, you, you set people off on such an off-kilter way <laughs> that it's like you're, you, you have to allow people to process this you know uh yeah i i I don't know i um maybe i'm I'm just too big a nerd but i'm like yeah okay it's it's you know it's a diverging universe from ours and the diverging the diversion uh point the divergence is is the impact of the comet uh but like i mean that's not how dimensions work and such but that's i guess me being too big a nerd uh I was fine with it. You know, it, it sets the tone as, you know, silly and goofy and kind of raucous and in your face. Like, ah, you know. Uh, yeah, that was the, yeah, that was the tacked on opening. The original opening was, um, the movie opened basically with the mother of Daisy, uh, escaping Koopa and, and leaving the, the egg containing Daisy on the, steps of the church it was like a a much long much pro much longer prolonged sequence all right of that and then going into present day with mario and Uh luigi um and yeah it the fact that they have to do that huge exposition dump goes back to my thing where it's like you know when you look at that game the old og super mario game it is you know our two heroes go to magic land to rescue magic person to defeat evil guy this is not a complicated story this is a story that has been told through so much mythology and fairy tales and folklore and whatnot except for dressing this and all sorts of baby stuff and when i get when i watch that opening again i don't think this is my nintendo rotted brain kicking in but it's like you could have just, all you have to do is just be like, these, you know, these regular guys go to Magic Land and they have to save. And I guess that's what happened. That, that is, is you what know, that's what happens, but it seems, again, so much more complicated with <laughs> how they wanted to do it. it that it's like, did did they just not think? I, again, I, I, I hope I'm not coming off as too fanboyish, but it does seem like they took the harder road and maybe they th- thought that maybe taking the harder road 
would yield greater expectations with that great risk, but uh, ooh, it didn't. It did not pay off. It seems. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Um, I. God, um, <laughs> there, there's. I can't. I can't lie. There's. There's a. There's a sort of what were they thinking kind of charm mm-hmm. to it. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I'll say, yeah, you won't forget this movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, like, we had Thor The Dark World last season. Right. Where, you know, nothing in Thor The Dark World is as, quote, unquote, bad as the stuff in this movie. Mm-hmm. Or at least n- nothing so seemingly ill-conceived. Right. But, like, I, I will definitely remember <laughs> Super Mario Brothers a lot more than than the Dark World. Yeah, I mean, Dark World, I mean, it goes back to maybe what you were talking about with that webcomic where it's like, I wish these movies were quote-unquote worse because... Right. There, you could say that Dark World is more functional. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it yeah. basically does everything you expect. You <laughs> understand what's going on, but it all washes over you. Right, right, right. Uh, but whereas this movie, it doesn't wash, it slimes over you. <laughs> the, ten, the tendrils of the fungus get over you. I, I It's funny because it's funny that, that, that uh, you know, Hoskins and and like was were, were so vocal about how much they hated it. Can't help but think of that that sequence where they're getting processed by the police and like they're getting dunked on with with slime and and, and, and pushed around and it's like I can't help but think like yeah I would drink I think I would <laughs> I think I'd be drinking if this was what my day to day was like. Oh yeah, God, absolutely. And then, like, in service for a movie that you sort of didn't want to be a part of and ended up saying begrudgingly yes to and then feeling that you were bamboozled once you actually got on set. <laughs> so, yeah, even without the humiliation, <laughs> I'd be driven to drink. Yeah. Um, but, look, I-, I think we could easily, you know, dissect each and every weird thing about this movie but i think we can uh do that more easier with our wrap-ups uh so let's go ahead with uh most trashy and least trashy what we think were the worst and best parts of this movie and we are gonna start off with most trashy our least favorite parts of this film and i'll but go ahead and start with most trashy for me and again maybe one doth protest too much but I want to say this, that I, you know, I don't hate this movie because of all the liberties it takes with the established video game uh, lore and world building of the video games that it, you know, changes it up, discards a lot, this and that. But I will say this, what I think the worst part of this movie, which may seem weird considering how odd this movie is, but the fact that it takes us so long for Mario and Luigi to wear their respective red and right. green outfit, yeah. I think is kind of the worst part. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, sure, maybe it's, you know, the it's the hero buildup. It's like, no, it isn't until they've gone through the gauntlet and challenges of being a hero that they can finally put on their trademark, you know, iconic costume. And like, sure, okay, 
but like also the fact that like when they're wearing all the other like civilian clothes and whatnot that they're not that hoskins usually is not wearing red and mm-hmm. Luzamo's not wearing green. Like, in fact, like Luzamo wears a lot of red. And, and Hoskins green. <laughs> and green. And, and maybe they're trying to do something like that. Like, oh, it wouldn't be funny if we switch them. But it's like, if you can't even get that right. right if you right. can't even on an image. The fact that, okay, sure, do whatever with this world. Because it's it's a flat video game screen and you're just painting it. But literally, the pixels of Mario and Luigi are red and green that is the only way you define them there's nothing else in there's no personality there to differentiate them. it is that those two colors and the fact that they don't even get that right till the end kind of just rubs me the wrong way <laughs> exactly. I, you know again you can be like oh and i have made fun of fanboys for being that detailed obsessed and oriented but i just can't help but feel like you can't even do that. You couldn't even do the colors right on their clothes for most of the movies. So, again, seems like a weird nitpick of all the weird nitpicks you could make. But for me, that is the most trashy thing about this movie. Uh, what about you? What's most trashy for you about Super Mario Brothers? Um, I'm going to have to be a um, uh, same same caveat as you. I don't care about the integrity of the series. It's just, you know, it's a platformer. There's nothing deeper going on there. Um, but just like, you know, <laughs> the whole deal with Super Mario and, and Luigi is that they're red and green, and that's basically all there is to them, and you can't get that right. Come on. Um, I don't particularly hate Alan Silvestri's score, but I wish he'd simply adapted Koji Kondo's themes. do 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 and like it's 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 like doing a fucking you know a bond movie that doesn't go do 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 that's like doing a star wars that doesn't go do 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 you know that that everyone knows the super mario songs do 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 and you know why do you need why do you need a home alone rip off score just you know a bear mccreary basically brought out all the big Akira Ifukube hits on King of the Monsters. Uh, so, like, come on! <laughs> um, I also, and this is, you know, I'm, I'm being I'm being very mud is both clean and dirty here. Uh, <laughs> if you're gonna, because, you know, as we said, it is basically going to Magic Land and saving the princess, you know, with a lot of uh, bells and whistles on it, but that's what it boils down to. I wish that Daisy did more self-saving. Maybe that team up with Yoshi, because Yoshi is also kind of a guy. Yoshi is also a protagonist that has his own series. You know, it's not just Mario and Luigi. Uh, I'm not sure if Daisy had her own games. Uh, I know that Peach and Daisy are both playable, but I'm not sure if she's had her own games. I don't think so, no. I don't think there's been a solo Daisy. Right. Um... But yeah, I was like, oh, come on, like, you know, Star Wars, once once the guys are in the Death Star, the Leia kind of takes over the rescue, and like, this is 15 years later, you couldn't do that, you know? Uh, but yeah, so so yeah, I'm very blowing hot and cold here, because on the one hand, I'm like, why aren't you more like the game in this manner? And like, but why aren't you less like the game in this manner? But uh, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So that, that those, those are my 
most trashy parts. Travis I mean, sorry. Well, I was gonna say, who knows? Like, you know, the thing about Daisy being more active. I mean, the sequel that never happened. Oh, you know, they that, yeah. it at the end when when she comes into their apartments. Like, you're not gonna believe this and holding a, a crazy weapon. I mean, that maybe we could have gotten that type of Daisy in the sequel. Who knows? <laughs> Uh, but obviously, never happened. Um, but uh, let's go ahead, be nice, go to least trashy, our most favorite part. And Luana, let's let's go ahead, start with you. What for you is your most favorite least trashy thing about this film? I think it is the um, real heart and talent that the cast brings, especially Hoskins and Leguizamo. They are so sweet. Even even uh, the Luigi and Daisy on their really adorable date um, bring a real warmth uh, and, and heart to the to a very wacky and kind of slimy and and, and gross ish uh, within the PG thirteen framework for this movie. Uh, so yeah, the performances, the cast, the brothers, the the emotions those those were the least trashy things for me. How about you, Travis? I'm going to say, and I'll come back to this, I think the, the satire is correct. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the right. fact that this movie isn't just simply bad guy, we must defeat bad guy, but more that bad guy is guy who has power and is an asshole about that power. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, who knows if, if maybe a generation growing up with the, and embracing the Super Mario Brothers movie, we may not have even had Trump. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think that. But uh, but yeah, you know, there's a lot of the dystopian stuff that doesn't work, but at least the main target is accurate. And surprisingly, I would say surprisingly a little bit more complex than I would give a 90s movie for babies, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to say the fact that it satirizes the right targets is my least trashy thing from this movie. Yeah, um, yeah but uh, you know what? We've had a lot of we've had a lot of conflicting feelings about this film, but we need to come to the ultimate question, final question of the show of this podcast. So, Luana, give us mm-hmm. our give us the final word, the final thoughts by answering the question: Is Super Mario Brothers a trash movie? No. <laughs> I am going to deem it not trash. Its heart is in the right place. It's fun to watch. I'm sorry Hoskins and Leguizamo had a bad time making it, but um, I had a good time watching it. Uh, what do you think, Travis? I am going to... You know, this movie is... Uh, I'm going to bring it back to Batman Forever. It's I'm in a similar situation where there is genuine stuff I like, but in a package that I don't like. And ultimately, I'm going to have to say that I do think this is a trash movie. Um, this movie definitely has a lot of merit to it. I, 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 you know, with the satire, I think the actor for giving it all. But to watch it, I think for me, is a bit more of a bummer for me than you. Um, and while I do like so much of the practical effects, and I do think the set design of Dino Hatton is pretty great and it just doesn't come together for me 
as an entertaining package, even removed from the Nintendo and Mario of it all, as just a movie to sit down with. I'm like, yeah, I don't, th- this ain't hitting 100% or even uh, 70% approval for me. Uh, that said, I don't dismiss it, and I am weirdly glad that it exists. It's It's a movie that I don't think could exist in any other time. Who knows what the new Super Mario Brothers movie may be, whether it's going to be good, bad, memorable, forgettable for whatever reasons. But you know what? For all the strangeness, one, I don't think can ever forget the original Super Mario Brothers. I agree with that. And uh, I'm, I'm glad we talked about it. Uh, that is, as usual, folks, it's not easy to, <laughs> uh, to lump something in purely as trash or purely as an underrated treasure. It's, uh, there's, there's more going on there. Things exactly. are both dirty and clean. And clean, exactly. <laughs> Should that be our new uh, slogan now? It's dirty <laughs> and clean? Like Koopa's face as our new logo. Yeah. We need to con. Oh, we have to contact uh, Joe again and be like, oh, "You have to." Yeah, I know you already revamped our logo for the second season, but look, Dennis Koopa sticking out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we will have to answer the dirty and clean question next episode. That will be coming out in two weeks, and we'll be doing another movie and. Uh, Speaking of their new episode, Luana. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny to think of an actor who spans generations, right? And I think typically you think of actors uh, like what? I mean, probably Harrison Ford, mm-hmm. Marilyn Monroe, uh, and whatnot. And yet, I think an actor that could actually fit that would be Mike Myers, weirdly enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he has truly crossed generations. Like, you have early 90s people who know him from Saturday Night Live and Wayne's World, late 90s people who know him from Austin Powers, and 2000s people, the the millennials and the Gen Z who know him from Shrek. Shrek, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he's really gone through multi-generate, and, and all three of those things are iconic. You know, they, are, they have <laughs> memorable lines, maybe exhausted catchphrases even like considering how much those movies have been in the zeitgeist and you know well Wayne's world austin power shrek those movies uh are you know very lauded and very fondly remember remembered there there is this other movie i think from mike myers uh that uh I would not have guessed it but gen z has seemed to also adopt it as another favorite Oh, yeah, and well, I guess we have to open up the book of Dr. Seuss again because uh, we'll be talking about the cat in the hat. Oh, the uh-huh. the, the the movie that truly, uh, you know, despite acting like a absolute dick, it's somehow beloved by many folks, like a real cat. Like a real cat, it's it, it's it's a it's a it's it's it's. I don't know if it's clean at all. I think it is. Uh, <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's quite entirely dirty. Um, <laughs> oh man, that's a uh, 
No, oh, geez. <laughs> I'm thinking about this suddenly. I did Batman Forever earlier, Super Mario Brothers now, and Cat in the Hat awaits me. <laughs> well, how did we plan this? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, but anyway, that'll be in two weeks, Cat in the Hat. Um, and that'll be, uh, on this very feed. In the meanwhile, you can follow this show on Twitter at TrashMoviePod. Email the show at TrashMoviePod at gmail.com. And if you're feeling a nice, especially nice and generous, you can give the show five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. In two weeks will be our episode on The Cats in the Hat. But until then, the defense rests. See ya. See ya.